Always be clear where you get your conservative talk. The St. Louis Business Journal is now reporting that liberal billionaire George Soros is the largest shareholder of Odyssey. The parent company of KMOX and 97.1 Talk. Soros' maneuver raises critical questions about the future of media ownership and influence. Money and attention is power. And when he has the money and he controls what's on the radio stations, he's going to be able to control the mind. Potentially hundreds of millions of Americans. St. Louis's trusted source and number one. Number one. For conservative talk. This is News Talk STL. Well, hello and welcome to a just blustery, warm, blustery, is blustery the right word when it's warm? I said mean cold. No, uh, I think that's cold, blustery. A babe, balmy. That's what it is. Blustery is stormed. Storms. Okay. But you know what? It also says windy, which it is going to be. Okay, well, how about balmy? There we go. Balmy Tuesday afternoon. It is 81 degrees currently out there. And by, let's see, by late tonight, overnight, it's going to get down to 29 Degrees. That just ain't that right. That doesn't seem possible. That just ain't right. That doesn't seem possible that we could go in one, in the same day, essentially, from 80-something to 20-something. That should be forbidden. But that's... <laughs> that should be forbidden. should be against the law. It, the laws of nature, it should be. <laughs> the laws of nature. That is forbidden. And I don't know who can make that happen. Maybe Steve Templeton. But it's it's just darn right inconsiderate. It is. It is. He's got, I mean, he's definitely got some some, uh, explaining to do Mm -hmm. about this. It's inconsiderate. I agree. I got breaking news. What's that? Repu- a Republican presidential candidate has dropped out of the race today and endorsed Donald Trump. It can't be Nikki. Ryan Binkley. That's fake. Republican presidential candidate Ryan Binkley dropped out of the race today and immediately endorsed former President Donald Trump. Binkley said, quote, today I am suspending my campaign for the presidency of the United States of America and offering my endorsement and unwavering support to President Donald Trump. Binkley is a Texas pastor and businessman turned presidential candidate. He thanked his family and friends and campaign team of more than 80,000 financial supporters. More than 80,000 people donated to this guy's presidential campaign. Uh- I can't believe that many people knew and who he was. Hundreds of people volunteered for his campaign. I can't so he believe had that. Hundreds of people volunteering, working for him, and eighty thousand separate donors. This explains it all when it comes to Nikki Haley. Why Nikki Haley's still in the race? If Ryan Binkley can have eighty thousand different people donate to his campaign, I mean, if they. If they all donate, 80,000 people. You know, some of them, you know, some of them, I'm sure some of them just donated 10 bucks or 20 bucks, but you know, some of them donated hundreds or thousands. So, or a thousand. 
So this guy probably made hundreds of thousands of dollars on this presidential campaign, and he's literally nobody. So from now on, when you ask yourself, why is Nikki Haley still in the race? The fact that Ryan Binkley just suspended his presidential campaign is the answer to your question. Why in the Because world? you make a lot of money. I guess, yeah, you do make a lot of money. That does answer that. But, my God, it just is like, now this is a foolish endeavor. I mean, even for poor Rai Rai, like... I don't know. He's got He's got, he's got money. money. I mean, he does have money. That's money in a in a coffers there. But but I guess not not so much for Ryan, but for Nikki Haley, this is like I know she's probably now I know she's definitely got a lot of money, especially with this example. But it seems just like the the f- most foolish endeavor to just keep going in a public sense, in a public opinion sense. What I guess the point is money. I guess the point is just down, downright, down and dirty money. That's it. But to me, it she seems like she's making a fool of herself by thinking there's a chance. I just, I just googled how much money is Nikki Haley raised, and the first thing that came up is a CNBC article from February first, so about a month old, and it says. Haley campaign started election year, so started the year 2024 with $14 million after raising $17 million last quarter. So, it's only the last quarter into the crucial election year is strong. So that, okay, former United States, United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley's campaign for president raised more than $17 million last quarter and came into the crucial election year with $14 million in the bank. So, I mean, if she made, if she raised seventeen million dollars in one quarter, that's all. I mean, that's a lot of money. Wednesday, Wednesday, this that's a lot of money. Additional thirteen million in contributions over the six last six months of twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, and that's a month. This, like I said, this is a month old. So she's probably. I mean, she's raised another. I'm sure several million dollars since this report came out. So it looks like she's raised, I mean, it looks like she's raised somewhere, I mean, in the 20s, maybe 30s, millions of dollars since she started running. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's the answer. But I just... Why is Nikki Haley still in the race? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But... Ryan Binkley. Ryan Binkley. That's why. But does the does the answer knowing that it is about the money does that make does that make her appealing? I mean does does that even matter if it doesn't make her appealing? I mean if it's all about the money, it's all about the money. Does the public opinion of how that looks does that matter to Nikki Haley? I don't know. Do you think if she tries to run again in four years, I I think that she's putting it all on the line. She's making all this money. She's going to have this huge amount of money that she can then use in some kind of super pack for. She, she can be somebody who's massively important behind the scenes going forward. She can get some sweet cable channel con, uh, contributor position um, where she's making a great salary just to pop up on television to be the 
political ex- expert from time to time on Fox or CNN or whatever it is and and have all these tens of millions of dollars sit in a bank that she can help various candidates or causes with. I will forward. say when I when we talk about that kind of money, it does matter to me if it is individuals or if it's super PACs. It does matter to me if we're talking about organizations well, putting money t- behind it or if it's talk if we're talking about people. But see the whole thing there is like the difference between a people and a super PAC is such a gray area. Yeah. So like Nikki Haley could keep that money and she can't just like buy she can't just like pay her bills and buy a car right. and all that. But she can say she can go I took hey, a flight. I've been invited to go speak at mm-hmm. uh the University of Hawaii. So I'm gonna pay for my family to fly and stay in Hawaii for a week. Right. So I can speak at this event because it's a it's an official event. There's or loopholes. If I need a new yeah, or she can pay she could use it to buy clothes if she's using it while she's speaking somewhere. What about a vehicle? In the future. Yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, or it, at least rent a vehicle. Or yeah, if she could I mean a vehicle for as long as it's for political purposes or campaign purposes, and it doesn't even have to be her campaign, is my understanding. As long as she's like using it for to political reasons. So she can use it to donate, you know, she can use it for if she's out campaigning for another candidate somewhere or speaking on behalf of some cause or policy or whatever, or she can donate that or she can be, a you know, a, the center of a super PAC that donates money to various places. They get to keep that money that they when they run, when you run for an office like that and you get all that, that raise that money, you keep that money. There's some limitations on what you can do with it. Right. But. There's still an awful lot that you can do with it. Linda says, I think her staying in the race makes it less likely that she will run again in the future. I, agree I with think that. she thinks this is her time and her last chance to run. Plus, the money must be nice. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree. I agree with that, Linda. I, I think that she she knows that this is probably her most financially uh, advantageous yes, yes. time to run. Mm-hmm. Whether she's going to win or not, she's not going to win. She's not going to be president. You know, she's not going to win. This is this is her best chance. This is when she, her name is the biggest. This is when she's had the biggest impact. So she can milk it and get raise a ton of money. And if you know that, if you've decided you're not going to run again, why not stay in it even longer? The only thing it damages is your ability to run again because you get that stink on you of, yeah. of like, I, you, you know, it's this people's opinions but, of you. But did the stink ever get on Hillary Clinton? I mean, she mm. never stopped her from running over and over and over and over and over again. Or Joe Biden. She might still run again this year. Joe Biden did the same thing. How many times has he run to be president? Right. Was that his, was his third, fourth? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And... It never got. It never stopped people like that. Yeah, so, that's a that is a point. That's a, I mean, that's a good. But point. I agree with Linda. I don't think she is. I don't think that's what Nikki Haley's going to do. I, I don't think she's going to run again. The other thing is, it may be someone who has donated to someone that they really believe in, but has been so far behind in the polls. If you're still donating to Nikki Haley on the the thought and the prayer and the hope that she's going to be president, 
and you're looking at the poll numbers and thinking she's still got a shot. Yeah. What is what's that say? Yeah, I don't know the ind- I, uh, uh, the individuals that are still voting are are still donating to Nikki Haley. I don't understand. I imagine that the groups that are still donating have an agenda. Have an agenda that she's going to work on in the future yeah. with that money and sign sealed. Away. She's going to be a good person to have on your side in the future. Mm-hmm. And this is the best way to raise a bunch of money fast by being a presidential candidate. Maybe I'll run to be the president. <laughs> When I'm 35. Ryan Binkley. Ryan Binkley. Ryan Binkley. 80,000 people donated to his campaign. I just and nobody was, get it. And I didn't even know that was a person until an hour ago. Mm-hmm. If, if, if those 80,000 people, if only, if every one of them only donated $10,000, that's $800,000. And you know it's more than that. So... Ryan Binkley has a million dollars in the bank that he didn't have before because he ran for president. A million dollars. Yeah. That's, and he didn't do anything. That's what I'm saying. Let's go. We're 35. We're a run? Let's go. Me and you. Yeah, we're on the ticket. You got to be president. That's the only way we're going to raise it. Can you imagine money. how exhausting that would be? Oh, How, I don't know. Gosh. Was it exhausted for Ryan Binkley? I don't, I don't think he's exhausted. Because I feel like you have to be do day anything. and night. Day and night you have to be out there. A real, yeah, a real presidential candidate. Which yes. will be you and I. <laughs> Ryan we'll Binkley, I guarantee you Ryan Binkley didn't lose one wink of sleep running for president. And he's uh, got at least a million dollars in his bank. Boy, oh boy. Weird system we got going on right? here. Weird system. Seriously, though, if we have any chance of raising any money, you're the one that has to be at the top of the ticket. I'll do the vice president stuff. You got to be the one out front. No. Yeah. That seems like that does no. seem like a lot of work. Yeah. I, I would never no. want to be the president. That's the way it's got to be. So if we're going to do this, that's the that's the commitment that you have to make. We still got some time to figure it out, right? right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. This seems like anybody can still get in. <laughs> seems like 2024. It seems like we still don't know who's going to be for sure the candidates in 2024. So. I don't think there is. I don't think it's ever too late for anything in this day and age. All right. Where do we want to go with here? How about, you know, we're going to talk to. So we've got a great show for you, believe it or not. Um, We're going to talk to. His name is Rob Law. What a freaking unbelievable name. Yes, he's great. Former chief of policy at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. So we're going to talk to Rob Law. Who, if you're not going to take somebody serious that's named Rob Law, give me a freaking break. Rob Law is going to join us in about 40 minutes from now, 3 o'clock. Obviously, perfect person, former chief of policy at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. We can talk to him about everything happening down at the border, just how bad it is. Is There's more bad news coming out. There's more details. Just... Mind-boggling, aggravating, blood-boiling details that have come out every single day about uh, the situation at the border, and it's obviously getting worse with the Lake, uh, the Lake and Riley situation. And did you see that Lake and Riley? Not only, not only did that, did the did the person who killed her was an illegal immigrant that had been that had already been arrested in New York for. Mm-hmm. child endangerment mm. his brother the guy's brother has all is also an illegal immigrant that's been arrested three times and never deported 
Oh, man. And I just saw a headline on Fox News saying another illegal immigrant that's from Venezuela sexually assaulted a 14-year-old yes. girl. Yes, that's another headline today. It is, that's ju- a, And that's a totally separate story. Th- I mean, honest to God, have you... Have you heard of so many stories like this happening back to back? No, but I mean, but I think it's I think the reason that we're hearing about them is because it's actually news right now. I think it happens. I don't think it's I don't think these crimes are happening more than they were before. I think that we're just reporting on them. Like shedding light yes, on the subject. Exactly. I think that the I think that the cases and the arrests and things like that are actually just getting um getting attention but no i don't think i don't think like all of a sudden there's been this rash of like oh where all these all these uh, crimes are being committed by illegal immigrants no i don't think that that's i don't think that's anything new i think that that's been happening it just is such a it's such an insane situation to wake up and every morning scroll the news and see a new report about someone who is here illegally that has been arrested multiple times, not being deported, commit another act, a criminal act. I it, I mean, it's really scary. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. We are going to talk to Rob Law about the border at, at 3 o'clock. And we are going to talk to Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com. Of course, our friend Crane Durham joins us every Tuesday afternoon. He is going to join us and we are going to talk about... Elon Musk weighing in on the border. He has uh, he's put out a new another statement about why the Biden administration is handling the immigration situation the way that they are. Also, the president. Did you see this interview on Seth Meyers last night? Tony he is a pathetic old man. Tony, if I have to see this man eat ice cream one more time, I'm going to rip my hair out. Also. Did you notice that he can't even eat ice cream right? He eats ice cream like a cheeseburger. I'm like, you don't bite. bite. You don't bite into. You don't oh, bite into ice cream. Ha! Huh. Maybe his dentures. Maybe like they're not connected, and he has no nerves. <laughs> like so, it just like he, you know, he can just bite into. Because yeah, that would burn. That hurts my teeth. Yes. About that. But he oh. eats. He eats oh. ice cream like a cheeseburger. If I have to He's see like, it one more time, and the pictures look like that. He's like, oh, oh. and then like in the middle. Okay, I'm sorry, but someone's <laughs> asking him a question, and some of the screenshots are him like, ah, yeah, and then this, like just like with the ice cream cone mouth. Are wide you open. so old and stupid that you don't even know how to eat an ice cream cone? <gasps> Annoying. We'll get to the bottom of all this with Crane Durham next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 Newstalk STL. Somebody was playing, like I was driving through my neighborhood a few days ago and somebody was playing the urge out of their garage. Ooh, that's great. And I was like, yes. Oh, that makes me feel, I <laughs> love that. Here we go. Right? I love that. Windows down, you hear a song you mm-hmm. like, you're like, woo! I like you guys. I could hang out with you guys. All right. It is time to talk to our buddy Crane Durham from nothingbuttruth.com. It's Tuesday afternoon, which means Crane is on the line, which means brothers don't shake hands. Crane, brothers got a hug. And uh, that music, as I come up to hug you, I'm kind of doing a little dance with that music. <laughs> I can picture saying, it now. I can too, unfortunately. What's up? And I come up and give you a hug, and then 
we both sit back, look at each other, and then do a 360, baby. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> What's going on? I like it. I like it. Right. You remember the you remember the Top Gun um, high five that Maverick and Goose did <laughs> the up top, and then come down and slap it down on the other side as they pass each other. That is the Absolutely. that was the freaking coolest move, and. I don't know how many times my friends and I tried that, and you know, like it, like one out of a hundred actually hits perfectly. But when it does, man, it's <laughs> it feels good. Nothing feels better than a good high five. True, <laughs> the one that lands. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, I think I touched a nerve uh, with Katie on this um, on this Seth Meyers interview last night. So let's start with that. Did you by chance see the interview or see any of the? Highlights of the interview last night with Joe Biden and Seth Meyers. I I'll tell you this. I definitely didn't see it like live or you know the when it aired originally because I didn't even realize Seth Meyers still had a show. Yeah. So that's how that shows you how much I, I'm out of it. So, Craig, did you see this interview? Is he a weatherman? What is he? <laughs> Seth Meyers. <laughs> he okay, used to so- be on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, obviously. After they lost, yeah, money. yeah, when they were um, no longer good, correct? Yeah, yeah, just awful. Oh, so I see some highlights of it, and the ice cream cone. You're exactly right, I, but I'm looking for something to happen even there because everything he says and putting on the aviators was just creepy. Yeah, what's yes. going on there? Yeah, I, oh. It's the but Crane. Here's the thing that makes me just. So angry besides having to watch our president eat a million ice cream cones. The guy was talking, the guy, the president was talking about a ceasefire and in the middle of an ice cream shop eating an ice cream cone with Seth Myers. Is that really the yeah. right time to be talking about a war in Israel uh, with a well, ceasefire? It, great question. If you're a Democrat, yes. If you're a Republican, no. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. Basically, he's talking about wartime situation, and people can make mistakes doing this. I remember uh, George W. Bush, who I'm a big fan of, he said something along the lines of what we're going to do in uh, the battlefield and encouraging, and then he said, "Watch now watch my drive to the press yeah. floor that was yes, there. Yes, exactly. So people can make mistakes, but as I look at Biden. Yeah, now watch me hit Biden, this drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Biden makes these statements. And understand, nothing has changed about Hamas other than the fact they have a few fewer people in their leadership, thank God. But these people put babies in ovens. And proportionately, it would be much greater here in the United States, the idea, the numbers we're talking here. And they've only had, since that attack, to really formulate a war strategy and plan and to execute it. And they themselves admit that they use civilians as human shields Mm. and propaganda videos. And we are sitting back going, you know what, we really need a ceasefire now because you're just, you're doing too much killing in Gaza. Well, here's a great idea for our ice cream loving president. Turn to the camera and say there could be a ceasefire right now. Surrender and give us our hostages back. 
And did you see the way he even even discussed it at the? If he would have been in a, in a natural interview setting, what he said would have still left mm-hmm. you scratching your head and been like, it "Doesn't sound like he really has any idea what's going on." But the fact that he's sitting there with Seth Meyers at an at an ice cream parlor, and because his quote, what he said was. I hope by the end of the weekend, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. My hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. Like, that just sounds like he's just getting everything sec. I mean, which he is. We know that. But I mean, it's just as like he's he doesn't even know what's happening. He doesn't even know what we're what they're talking about. This is I'm, I'm told that I'm told that we might have something done by the weekend. Uh, I'll talk to my people and I'll let you know, because I certainly have no idea. Yeah, it, it is the kind of check-in on the issue. Oh, yeah, I'll get to that. Uh, they're going to write me up a paper, and uh, it looks like the new policy will be ceasefire. Ceasefire is not the goal. It's not the outcome Great point. I'm certainly looking for, and Israel's not looking for. They're looking for victory, and rightfully so, and the destruction of Hamas as well as their supporters in Tehran. That's a great point. What does ceasefire mean? Ceasefire mean we just stop the war right now where we're at and we just kind of everybody stays where, where you know, it, it what they currently have because that's not a solution in any way, shape, or form. No. And yeah. I highly doubt, I highly doubt that if that was the case, that Israel would be on board with it. I believe Netanyahu when he says that this time is going to be different and we're not going to we're not just going to accept the status quo like we always do or just right. you know everybody gets because this is what happens every time crane and you know in 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 and you know this we've talked about it many times they the world is on board the world agrees terrorists are bad mm-hmm. terrorism is yeah. bad what happened on October 7th was absolutely horrible we've even seen reports that all of how 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 meticulously planned the rapes and kidnappings were not only just the terrorist attack itself but how meticulously planned all of the human atrocities were and everybody's up in arms and nobody that's indefensible and something's got to change but then you know it drags on for several months and these really horrible pictures come out and people see the savagery of war and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, maybe we should stop. Maybe we, you know, you know what? Yeah, maybe it's better for everybody to stop. The terrorist bank on on that sensitivity yeah. being, you know, something that takes over the world. And, and then everything stops and nothing gets done. Nobody gets defeated. The terrorists don't get defeated. Nobody is held accountable. Right. And here we go again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe Benjamin Netanyahu when he says it's going to be different this time. I do, too. And I think the idea uh, what you just described has led it led to 9-11 in the United States. Mm. It's the idea that somehow we can let things go and our enemies can build weapons against us. And it's not an exact comparison. But remember. World Trade Center, 1993, the guy who mixed those chemicals was in Iraq at the time of the Iraq War. Mm -hmm. And there were 17 UN resolutions, okay? So even when the world supposedly gets on board, they don't follow through. 
which makes it a farce in itself because we have to build a coalition and the coalitions we build are not a farce. They're people who and countries who step up with us because we don't all have the same values. Now, let me connect this to Israel. Israel's been fighting this war since their uh, beginning in 48 and understanding your enemy and understanding that they are not recognizing your right to exist and understanding that you have gone out of your way to before bombing places saying, Hey, you got to get out of here because we're going to be bombing this. It's strategic. And there are some military installations or possible people in a mosque leadership. And we're going after them. Okay. Not genocide. You look up genocide. That's not there. Of course, there is genocide against the Jews because they're looking to rid the planet of Jews, specifically Israel in the first and then in the United States. That's their that's that's little Satan and big Satan to them. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing terrorist supporters in our country standing up and making a lot of noise politically. And I'm seeing rather than a denunciation and saying, hey, look, this is right and wrong. And having the stones, pardon me, of Fetterman stands up and does that. And and understand, that was shocking to me, too. Yeah. But he did. People standing up for good versus evil. They said President Bush got it wrong. Said you're either with us or against us. Well, tell me this. How do you sit back in a neutral way when it comes to a terrorist group like Hamas that burns babies alive mm-hmm. and they're planning and their business activity and their support from Iran and the proxies of Iran, the Houthis who are impacting the shipping lanes. I mean, th- you can't sit back. This is why. Otherwise, some at some point, that evil is going to come for you big time mm-hmm. and it's going to be much stronger. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with everything that you just said, Crane. And and I, what do you think of what the president said? Do you think that the, because I, I believe that this was just like the a made up, you know, on the spot, made up rambling of an old man eating an ice cream cone. Oh, I think we'll be done. I think we'll be done maybe this weekend. I don't think that there's any I don't think that there's any truth or, or like that there's any actual report or anything behind that statement do you do you do you think that there's a possibility of this of this being wrapped up in the next or having some kind of ceasefire agreement in the next week and if so what is it i mean can that possibly be the uh, the the right thing that so many people have now died uh, for well i don't see hamas surrendering i see them dying and you know that uh is a good thing but I don't see them surrendering. If I don't either. see them surrendering. Any ceasefire would be in light of the re- reception of the release of hostages mm-hmm. and them being still alive. Because many of the women that were meticulously, as you described it, uh, with the press corps going on, the press reports of how they did it so well, kidnapping the people yeah. and women. Well, they're being raped constantly right now. And if they're not already dead, uh, they're close to it. And most likely they will come back impregnated by terrorists. Yeah. And psychologically, I can't imagine. It's the worst of the worst. It is the worst of the worst type of of human action that you can think of. It is 
It is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to stop it except for full and- defeat. There's no way, there's no ceasefire, no no, yeah. no mutually beneficial agreement that is going to stop that. And you know why I can confidently say that? Because it's been going on for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Yeah. Well, and, and the other part to that, Tony, is just within the last century, uh, the 20th century, and now the 21st century, we have seen Israel fight its enemies in the sense of the terrorist enemies and organizations and every time they've been pulled back by us. Yeah, in the world, and in the rest me, of the world. And the, and the world, yes, and, and, and through agreements. But, but the fact is, they, they haven't been allowed to win the war. This, this is going to be very interesting if Iran develops a nuke and has the missile technology to, to launch it. I'm just telling you, Iran, Iran's at the heart of this mm-hmm. and victory is through Iran. I'm not talking regime change, but I am talking about crippling them in some major way because they are at the heart of this. Crane, you and Tony are talking about people, leadership taking hard stances and sticking to mm-hmm. their guns and sticking to what they know is correct and right. Tony and I had this discussion a little bit earlier this week, too. Are you, Crane, do you believe right now leadership, specifically in the United States, our, our next president, has to be no lukewarm, no wishy-washy on a lot of subjects such as foreign policy, such as national defense? There is no more, you know, maybe a ceasefire. There is no more maybe support here. Do you believe the American public just wants someone to say enough is enough already? Secure the border, secure what's going on yeah. in with Israel. Yeah. No more bleeding hearts. Yeah, no more. Uh, yeah, Hard well, I mean, excellent question as always. And I was interested. I mean, this is why I listened to the show before I come on. I just uh, really appreciate the back and forth you all give because it is you are the line to what we are thinking so many of us are thinking at times when it comes to seeing some injustice or seeing our president on uh, that uh seth meyers guy's show um the idea here is they say reagan was popular yes that's an understatement thank you captain obvious but he was popular because he told the truth about good and evil at a uh, at a pro-life evangelical group he came out and he gave the evil empire speech that's a foreign policy speech element of foreign policy within that speech but really a reflection of our values when we see what's going on in ukraine or in the sense of israel israel and we see that, and we also see when we left Afghanistan how awfully that was done, and 13 soldiers lost their lives. And then we turn on the TV and we see that people are dying because the president doesn't enforce the law when it comes to the border. And then we see our cops attacked and beaten up, and the people the very day are let out when they're arrested. And that's where a leader has to come in, and it's it's not... It's not fire and brimstone. It's it's the stating of say, hey, there are going to be consequences. This is what we stand for. And our red lines, we draw them. You don't cross them. Because if you do, there will be 
consequences. And this is what we believe in. And this is, this is what we're founded upon. And there are a lot of people trying to get into this country legally. And it's a very tough thing to do. And I had a friend of mine become a citizen. And it took, it took a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And people are just walking in. Yeah. And, and then we talk about it's all connected because it's our vote. And if we don't have our vote count or it can be canceled away by somebody who doesn't even uh, reside here or is not a citizen, potentially, <laughs> right. voting and canceling our vote. Or here I even mean, legally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you're even ex- legal. I mean, it's crazy. You're exactly it's right. That, that is Crane Durham. We're going to get into uh, a lot of that immigration stuff with Rob Law, the former chief of policy at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, uh, just after 3 o'clock. But uh, before that, Crane is going to stick around with us. And I want to switch gears to, you know, we've talked about how how bad things are in this in this war and, and how bad things are at the border Another huge issue, obviously, in this election year is law and order. And there's a new story out about a major city in America who is now setting up. You know how, like, during COVID, you didn't go see your doctor. It was like it was telehealth. Yeah, telehealth. You did it on the phone. Mm-hmm. They're setting up a telecop, essentially, for 911 calls. We're not going to send anybody. We're going to put you on the phone with an expert. And they're going to help you with your 911 emergency. Yeah, it's bad. And if if it's going to if it can happen in this city, it could happen in our city or anywhere else. I will explain that story and more as we continue with Crane Durham next on Colombo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Before we get back into the conversation with Crane. This is, a this is. I took a picture of my screen because I couldn't get my screen turned far enough yeah. to get on the camera. Mm-hmm. This is that picture. This is a picture of of Joe Biden eating ice cream yesterday with Seth with Seth Meyers. Tell me that that is how you're supposed to eat ice cream. I just can't. That is not how you eat ice cream. I, he's eating it like with he's his teeth. yeah, like he's eating Fresh a sandwich. Teeth. He's biting into it. I just hate even looking at that. I just don't understand why we keep seeing. I think he has. I don't, I don't think he has cream. any nerves in his teeth. I and think that's all dentures, and I, there's no. Nerves. And you're telling me the only I, I only see him eating vanilla, plain ass ice cream. Well, now hold on. What's the matter with? We don't have to come after vanilla ice cream. There's no plain. You, you know what? I'm saying to both of you, Crane and Tony. Right, Crane. What's going? What are we doing here? If y'all went to the store. And you had options, and yeah. you and you looked at you yeah. looked me dead in the eye, and you had options, and you said, "I want plain vanilla." Yeah, yeah, gotta go. Yes. No, that's gotta that's go. what I. Yeah, yeah. a no. French vanilla, a plain vanilla. I mean, maybe strawberry if I'm feeling real spicy. But Are I, you kidding? Can I tell you something? I'm yeah. not going to run for office because if people see me pretty much anything, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I mean, what they did is DeSantis with a pudding. That's I mean, true. <laughs> you know what? Tony, I agree. Crane, It's pizza. nobody looks good eating. No. Nobody looks good eating. <laughs> Stop taking pictures of people eating. I've never understood like the casual, hey, let's take a picture of us out at like this. <laughs> Joe Biden looks like he's attacking this ice cream. 
Like he's a vampire but, biting somebody's neck. Like, ah. Okay, and let me like, bring up this is, other point. It is gross. And he's a <laughs> thousand years old. Yes. He's so Ancient. old that he just looks at, like, it just looks ridiculous. Why do we, why do we need to put the president in this kind of atmosphere? Because they think he, because they think it's relatable. Yeah. They think it's relatable. Yeah. They think he's, it, a, it, a, yeah. It, yeah. You're That's right it. on. That's and it. We, and we saw it during Obama. We saw it during, I mean, we saw it during Trump. I mean, this is, we did. This is what they think. And yeah. it, they can control it because right. Seth Myers, yeah, uh, from what I understand, he, he's not going to ask a really tough question. No, no. It's better and better to be eating ice cream than answering questions, certainly. I mean, if yeah. you're going to be in the public, it's better to be eating ice cream <laughs> than answering <laughs> any questions. Stick an ice cream cone in his hand. <laughs> it's, uh, it's ridiculous. He was it, like, if you just, if you watch the interview with the sound off, He's sitting there as, as Seth Myers is asking the questions. The president is like looking at him squinting with his oh, mouth open. Oh my gosh. He's oh, the oldest yeah. human being that's ever lived. I mean, he's just like, oh. He, it's, he it's, looks like it's that uh, comedian with the doll. He looks like yes. an old man yes. doll. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I, can't think of, I can't think of that comedian's name, but that, doll, that doll's yeah. name is Walter, yeah. I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Walter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is Joe Biden. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. All right. Let's get serious here. We only got a few minutes left right. here with Crane Durham. All right. Uh, hey, hey. From from the fun to something that's going to make your blood boil. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh police have just announced that they will no longer send officers to certain emergency calls and instead will redirect to a telephone unit to help. Police officers in Pittsburgh will no longer respond to lower priority calls that the Bureau says do not require an in-person response and will instead redirect them to its telephone reporting unit. Officers will still respond to in-progress emergencies where a person may need medical aid, domestic disputes, calls with evidence, or where the mobile crime unit will be requested to process a scene. The Pittsburgh police sent a statement announcing the changes. However, the the telephone reporting unit will field calls for theft, harassment, criminal mischief, and burglary alarms. The changes went into effect yesterday as part of a sweep of operational adjustments at the Bureau meant to allocate its resources in a more efficient way to better serve citizens, said the chief of police there in Pittsburgh. Many people aren't happy, like one resident who was quoted saying, uh, quote, it's kind of a, it's kind of the whole point of police, isn't it? You know, when you call them, they're supposed to be there. If you call them and they don't come, what's the sense of having them at all? And a local council person there said that he expects officers to respond when he calls, quote, when it comes to harassment and things of that nature, you better have a police officer there. That's what the public expects. That's what I expect out of our city. Crane, this is crazy. Talk about not only the fact that it's happening, but the fact that they're even that they're talking about it publicly. What a great day to be a burglar in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So if you are exactly. if you are being robbed, if a burglar if your burglar alarm at your business is going off because somebody is in your business robbing you, you the police have stated we are not coming to that call. We will put you yeah. on the phone with an expert to talk you through it. I mean, yeah. what else what more of a green light do you need, Crane, if you're a criminal? Yeah. 
We don't have to be the amazing Kreskin to understand uh, that you're going to see an increase in those crimes, unfortunately. And, Tony, where this really began in the sense of a movement was right there where you were reporting from, and you were live on, on site in, in Ferguson through those years and seeing the Ferguson effect coming into play now. And, and here's, here's the thing. These aren't hard solutions. It's actually quite easy. You say, hey, look, I'm going to enforce the law. I'm going to back my cops. If there's any question, we'll have an investigation away from the media uh, jackpotting people with half the story, and we will have justice. But I don't buy into your racial games. I'm not going to play into uh, the games that oftentimes miscommunicate the events that are happening on the ground. We're not going to get one camera angle and that's it. And therefore the police were wrong. And a good portion of these things, the vast majority of time, police are right and they're doing their job and they're protecting us. And I think cops oh, would be just yes. as aggravated by it as we are. I agree. I agree. This is not an indictment of the police officers on the ground. Right. This is an indictment mm-hmm. of the system and these city leaders that have that have done this. I mean, here in St. Louis, with the it's been with people getting put on hold. When they call 911 for minutes or just their calls just simply not answered. And now What's a major city for them. Yeah. Yeah. The first, well, the first job for, for a government, any government. Yeah. Is to protect its protect people. Its people. Yes. Part. Number one job. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know how we've gone so backwards that we have 911 calls that are either not getting answered or put on hold in major cities like St. Louis. And now we have a major city like Pittsburgh that says that, oh, if it's just something like, if it's something like harassment or criminal mischief, you got somebody kind of hanging around your place up to no good or burglary, you have somebody robbing your place. That's not really worth our time to come out and, and and take care of. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's unbelievable how backwards we have gone. Uh, Crane, unfortunately just about out of time. I want to remind folks that uh, you can hear Crane Durham every Tuesday afternoon with us here on Columbo and Katie, but every day at nothingbuttruth.com and on the nothing but truth Facebook page. Thank you, Tony, and always great to talk to you and Katie. It is really a highlight of my week, and I love you all very much. Yeah, back at you, buddy. Great stuff there from Crane Durham. Again, nothingbuttruth.com, the website, and the Nothing But Truth Facebook page. All right, we are going to delve into the situation at the border and with the immigration system uh, across the board with Rob Law from the America First Policy Institute, the former chief of policy of the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service. He joins us next on Colombo and Kate.